Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. We as the Holy Spirit's been speaking to my heart all night long about this message right here and all week, I've been looking forward with great anticipation to be in this moment right now. Because I, I'm going to give you a title today that's going to probably be a little bit surprising and I want you to hear what the Word of God says. The title this morning is called Vulnerable God with a question mark. It's a question, Vulnerable God. Now, we know that God cannot be hurt and God cannot be harmed and nothing can destroy. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that God is all-powerful. He is almighty. He knows all things. He sees us where we are. There's nothing that we can do to escape him. In the sense of his deity, there is no vulnerability within sight of him at all. There's nothing you can do to hurt God. There's nothing you can do to physically uh, to go against God, to try to take down God, somehow get him to be wounded in a sense of his, his power and his might. It is an impossibility. It, the Bible is clear how great and mighty our God truly is. These are things that are found within Scripture. These are things that are found within the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that literally all power is God's power. Everything comes through him and by him. All God's power, though, that came to us is through Jesus Christ. Everything, all of heaven's power, all of heaven's blessings are available to us today through Jesus Christ. What the change for us to understand it is that our salvation is because Jesus came into this world. This changed the atmosphere and the situation for you in a, in, a, in a mighty, mighty way because what happens here is that Jesus became one of us. And so now the scripture is full of references of Jesus being hungry, of the Holy Spirit being grieved, of Jesus being wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. There is a, a, through Jesus Christ, we have a connection to God that before we ha- did not have. And through Jesus Christ, there is a, there's a powerful, powerful message of the gospel. And that is simply this, that he became like us to reach us. And the moment that he became like us to reach us, it opened himself up for attack. You with me this morning? So where we are today, as we've gone through Ephesians 1, all this mighty power is available to us. And number two, though, it is by grace we have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God. By grace we have been saved. This was last week. We have been saved not by our abilities, but by the grace of Jesus Christ through the Word of God says, and I told you this means by means of your faith. 
Meaning that if because you believe and trust in God, and faith isn't just an emotional experience, faith is putting your foot out there where there's nothing and expecting something to be there. I borrowed that from Brother Scott. I gave that to you, brother. Faith is understanding that God is going to do something and then acting upon it. And, but your idea and your heart and your mind does not comprehend in the physical realm. But in the spiritual, you grab a hold of what God has said. And he says that I have given you my son. My son loves you. My son cares for you. My son loves to, to help you. My son is there to create you. The Bible says that by him and through him, all things have been created and nothing was made without him everything was made because of him this morning he had we trust in the son we trust in god and so that that faith is is going forward it's producing fruit it's doing things for the kingdom of god and then we get into chapter three today and as i said i I was going to read the entire chapter but you're going to read the first Several verses, first 13 verses on your own. But I want to zero in here on the last three of this chapter. If you look at verse 18, the Bible says, now remember in verse 17, he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, by means of faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, may be able to comprehend. With all the saints. Now let me, hear, let me stop here for a moment. This, this sentence goes on between 17 and 18. And he says this. He says that the ability to comprehend something that he's going to name in just a moment. Is grounded and rooted in the love of God. And what we have a problem with today is that we don't understand the magnitude of the love of God. We don't understand. We've talked about the love of God. And let me tell you, every person that has ever been born into this world has an expectation or an anticipation of the revealing of the love of God within their life. And what I mean by that is this, is that without the that God places a seed within inside of you so that you have the ability to love somebody and to care for your children and to care for those around you. But that love is an anticipation of the love that God has already had in with inside of himself and it doesn't even come close. And what conversion says is this. How do you know you are saved? Let me tell you something. What conversion is this? That you encounter the love of God. And you're encountering with the love of God. You look at yourself and in your life. And you realize something very, very important. That you've never loved like God before in your life. And number two, you've never experienced a love like God before in your life. You see, the word of God says that in order through faith, what you're doing, you are by means of faith, you are going to be rooted and grounded in the love of God so that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints 
so that you, your, your, your ability, your experience, that you would walk every single day in the knowledge and the saving power of Jesus Christ, that you would know how wide, how high, how long, how deep is God's love for you. You and I, we, it is amazing sometimes to, to when you put your, we, we have people that they, they judge a certain environment based upon their limited experience of that environment. They'll go down to, they'll go down to the river and say, I can tell you all about the ocean because I've been to the Apalachicola River. Listen, until you're way out in the middle of the, of the ocean and you can't see land anywhere around you, you don't know what it's like to be in the midst of that environment. Let me tell you, some people, they talk about God like they know God and they've experienced the love of God and they have all these experiences in their life coming up to the moment, but they've never seen Jesus. They've never given their lives to Christ. Let me tell you, once you get out into the love of God, everything you thought before has just been altered and everything in your mind has just been changed because you realize, I thought I knew what water was until I went into the ocean. I thought I knew what love was was till I met Jesus and now my whole perception has been changed and this is the reality that that the world does not want you to that the world cannot and will not comprehend without faith in Jesus Christ faith is the critical means it is it is the only means that you are able to go forward into this experience. I, I love what the Amplified Bible says about verse 18. He says that you may be, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, meaning God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? And then the Amplified really, verse 19, just really explodes when it says this, that you may really come to know through experience for yourself, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge, that you may be filled in your all entire being unto the fullness of God, which simply means, what does that phrase, fullness of God, mean? That you may be filled to the fullness of God? It means simply something like this, that you may have the richest measure of his presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Man, I tell you, we lack that. I lack that. Everyone lacks that. I want to be flooded with God. I want God to just flood inside of me and experience, so that I may experience this love. And so when you, when you look at this and you see the reality of this, anybody that wants to love somebody does something very important, though. You make yourself vulnerable to that person. You with me? If you're in a marriage and you're not vulnerable to each other, I'm telling you, you're not in a marriage. The reality is, is that when you love somebody, your heart is vulnerable to that person. And now we know that God is not vulnerable, but Jesus Christ has made himself vulnerable to us. You want to know why? I mean, we killed him. That's vulnerable. 
We've nailed him to the tree. That's vulnerable. If he wasn't vulnerable, the nails wouldn't have pierced his skin. The whip would not have grabbed a hold of the flesh on his back. He would not have been vulnerable to our sin. But yet the Bible says he did this. He gave himself for us. And he allowed himself. Know that we were not going to kill God. No one was going to kill God. But the body, the God man, so to speak, fully God and fully man that Jesus was. And listen, this is too high for me to understand. So I'm not going to be able to fully uh, communicate what I'm trying to say here. But the reality is that God loves you so much. God loves you so much that he made himself vulnerable to you. Bible says something like this, and I want you to see the Song of Solomon. Many people, Song of Solomon, a little graphic, and one man's love for his wife. And many times when we read those, those poems that are there, sometimes we miss the point of them being in Scripture. And the major point of them being in Scripture, of course, the first is marital love, which is wonderful that you need to understand what God looks at this and he loves the home and he loves the marriage we got to get back to that but on the other side of it though it also represents something very important and that is Christ's love for his bride and I want to read to you a verse of scripture that just really as we say down here messed me up song of Solomon verse uh, chapter 4 verse 9 the Bible says And I had to look this up in the King James just to make sure I was right. I got the new King James I'm reading to you, but it says the same thing. You have ravished by heart my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes, with one link of your necklace. If you want to get a little holier words, thou hast ravaged, ravished my heart. King James Version, same thing. What is he meaning here? This Hebrew word is a powerful word, this word for ravished. And it is very beautiful and very heartbreaking at the same time. The Hebrew word is livabethany. Livabethany. And it, it's, a, it's an odd word because, number, number one, it's only used here in this passage, in this case, in the peel form, which you don't know, but it doesn't matter. And it's used in this case, and it's used twice in the same verse. And what is very rare about this is there's this letter called bet. And this, it has two of them within side of this one word. And in the, that letter of bet, it represents the heart of God. And in this one word, it speaks, there are two of them in there. So it's saying, not only do you have the heart of God, but you also have your heart that is found within side of there. And so what God is saying is that I made your heart to look like my heart. So that, so that you would understand that when, when, you, when you love somebody, when you care about your spouse, when you care about your children, and they break your heart, this is the way my heart feels. You have ravished my heart. What does this mean? It literally means that in extra biblical understanding of this verse, it literally means that you go out to a tree. Hebrew picture here and you go out to a tree and you grab a hold of the bark off the tree and you rip the bark off the tree 
And you go around and you rip it and you rip it and you rip it. And those of you that know anything about trees, which I don't know a lot about them, but I can tell you this, that's not good. Because what you have done is that you have made the tree vulnerable to everything, every disease, anything that would come by. You now made that tree vulnerable to any disease around. And what God is saying to you today is that you have ravished my heart with one look of your eye. You have ripped the bark off of my heart and I have made myself vulnerable to you. Do you even know that was in the word of God? That God so loves you that he cares so deeply about you that he says that if, and if, you, would just, if you would just reach out to me, if you would just come to me, I'm not going to just save you barely. You're not just going to eke by. You're just not going to make it barely into heaven. I'm going to overwhelm you with my anointing. I'm going to break every yoke off of you. I'm going to break every chain around you because you have ravished my heart and any weapon formed against you shall not prosper and you shall be the head and not the tail and I will fight every enemy for you and I will go before you and I will surround you and I will be with you wherever you go whatever you do whatever you say I will be your champion and fight for you this that many of us, we don't, we don't want to talk about this. This makes us uncomfortable. But let me tell you, God says, I want you to be uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable. Because when I look at you, I have love for you that, is, that goes beyond what you could even imagine. How wide, how high, how deep the love of God that he has for you. We don't even have a taste of it. We put our toe in the river and said, oh, that's all the love of God is. And we still yet got to sail out there into the sea and really get down deep. And listen, it's going to take an eternity to figure out how much God really loved you and how much God really cared for you. Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians that he was planning on you before you ever got here. So this means three, four generations ago, you were not an accident by God. God chose you. God loves you. God brought you to this moment right now. Before your parents and parents and parents were even around, God saw you in his eye and he loved you and even though the enemy wants to try to kill steal and destroy you God has a plan of victory for you in your life and he has set up the devil to fail if you will turn to him it's heartbreaking to see this but God has made it clear he tells Hosea in Hosea 11 3 11, 8 and he says and I quote this a lot because it's another one of those messed up verses in my life. And he says, how can I give you up? Oh, how can I let you go? How can I give you up? Let me, say, let me say this very clearly here. Why does Satan attack us? Number one, he attacks us because we are the bride of Christ. But number two, he attacks us. Because it's his only way to wound God. He can't touch the Lord. So what's the first thing he does? Come to the garden to try to touch you. He can't get near the presence of God. He can't be around him. 
And so he comes to attack us. So I want to tell you this morning, and I want you to grasp with me this very, very important understanding of what Paul was trying to communicate to you this day. Is that God, because of his love for you, because of his power in your life, and that he has made himself vulnerable to you, he has also given you powerful gifts that we're going to talk about next week. But he says this in Ephesians 3, 20. He says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Let me say this amplified again. It says this way, now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power, that is able to work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. He is able. You see, my problem is, is I dream too small. Your problem is, is you dream too small. You say, I've got a life plan for myself. I'm doing it this way. I'm going down this road. And I want to tell you that God's life plan for you may not even be close to that. And he's not going to give you that life plan. He's got a plan that he has planned over your life before you were ever born. And if you'd reach in and tap into his life plan, I want to tell you, you're going to be blessed and highly favored. And there's no weapon going to form against you. It's going to be prosperous. The enemy, it doesn't matter how you were born into this world. It doesn't matter about your birth. It doesn't matter about your parents. You got one father. His name is, his name is the father. And you got, there's one son and his name is Jesus. And you are his bride and he's going to grab a hold of you. You are the body of Christ when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you are able to come into the grips of this powerful and magnificent love that he has available for you. And his plan goes far, far, far above what you could even imagine. His plan for this community is far, far, far above what this community will imagine. You see, but here's the problem that we have in the world. We have free will and God does not force anybody to love him. God does not force, you know, marriages don't work when one of them is a slave to the other one. You can't force somebody to love you. You, God does not make you love him, but he says, he says on the cross, he put his arms there and they stripped him of his flesh. The Bible says that they, that they ripped him with a cat of nine tails, you know, like the bark that pulls off the tree. His flesh was ripped off his back and he was made vulnerable and all the blood of Jesus ran out of our Savior to the point that when he died, he died for a loss of blood and they did not even have to break his bones because and suffocate him because he gave, he bled all of his blood, that vulnerability that says, and this is for you. He loves He loves, he loves. We sing that song this morning, oh, how we love Jesus. But the last tag of that verse says, because he first loved me. He went to the tree before I loved him. While we were yet sinners, the Bible tells us in Romans, Christ died for us. 
You see, he loved you before you were lovable. But yet, let me tell you something. He saw in eternity past one glimpse of your eye, and it said, I've got to go rescue them. I've got to go get them. And the Bible tells us in Revelation that he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world before Adam was ever created. The Bible says that the lamb was slain. That simply means that it was been predetermined that he was, when he created you, he decided that he was going to show the world how much God can love and he's going to amaze and this is what the word of God says that we would be his masterpiece that we would be his workmanship in Ephesians 2 10 that we would be that representation of the glorious merciful power of Christ that we standing here right now were what he envisioned 2,000 3,000 6,000 millennia ago of when he created all of this he said I love you I love you I love you and I have a plan and I have a purpose and I have a design and if you just grab a hold of me I will transform you I will make you I will deliver you I will lift you up I will break every yoke I will break every bondage and I will be your God and you shall be my people and you shall follow hard after him this this plan this purpose is found in scripture throughout and so Satan hates us but then as we conclude here this morning see verse 20 listen now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think let me say it like this that we dare to ask or think so the nuance of the Greek here. Beyond anything that we would even want to. God, can you really do that? Can you really do that? You mean I don't have to earn it? You mean I don't have to make myself cleaned up? You mean I don't have to do all these steps, this, 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 to earn your favor? And God says, no. Before anything, before anything, his love was there. Will there be people that will die without his love? Yes. Will there be people to die? Because, not because he didn't love them, but because they didn't reach out for him. The Bible says to us, through faith, by means of faith. Go ahead, brother. By means of faith, this is the requirement. Because your faith says, you know, I'm going after them. I'm going after God. You know, it's a one thing. You imagine a young man, a young woman courting each other. And the man tells the young lady, I love you. I love you. Well, words are good. That's important. That's, that's a big part of it. But words are not actions. And actions are the expression of that love. And it's one thing to it's one thing to be on the telephone when it's easy to punch in a number and call the young lady up and say I love you. It's a whole other thing to get into your car, drive down to her house, sit in her front room and tell her that you love her. 
You with me today? Actions change the environment. Actions change the environment. It's one thing for you to tell God that you love him. It's a whole other thing to walk out and embrace him and reach out to him and grab a hold of him. He is infinitely above your highest prayer. He is infinitely above your highest desire. He is infinitely above your highest thought. He is infinitely above your highest hope. And he is infinitely above your highest dream. And all of them are for your good. David, the Bible says, is a man after God's own heart. And he says in the Psalms 23, he says the latter verse 6, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now in, in Hebrew here, it's just not saying that. He's saying without a doubt, goodness and mercy are just going to tag along behind me. It's not what it's saying. He's saying truly, without a doubt, goodness and mercy are going to overtake me. That whenever I get off track and whenever I'm going down the wrong way and my life doesn't make sense and I may have made a mess of it, when I turn, the Bible says, when I make this step to turn to God, the Bible says that goodness and mercy are going to pursue me, meaning like a cop. He's going to pursue you and he's going after you and he's not going to let you go until he arrests you and grabs you. The father waiting for you on the road and the prodigal son. Over and over images that God has given to us. He wasn't just back in the house and the son coming begging for forgiveness. No, the father was on the road. And when the son started walking up the road, the father started running down the road to meet the son at the moment of where he was. I want to tell you, goodness and mercy shall follow you, shall overtake you, shall grab a hold of you because God loves you. I want to read this last verse in closing. I, Paul says, am convinced in the New Living Translation. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Romans 8, 38. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, this is what love is. I am stripped. I am barren. I, he is basically on the cross. I am undone. I have given everything to you. And then, he's, and then he didn't stay dead. He reached out of that tomb and came alive. And then now whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What is his name? 
His name is Jesus. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.